0: Welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. We are uh, up at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary in lovely Mequon, Wisconsin. Uh, We were privileged to be invited by some of the students to come and talk a bit about the podcast just before this. We did record that. We'll see if Peter thought it's worth uh, doing anything with, if we were up to par quality-wise. Ben, did you you make sure it was high-quality audio? I thought it sounded fine. Okay, I'm sure it's better than when Mike does it. Um, so it should be pretty good. And we have the privilege of having with us three seminarians. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what the seminary is. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary serves the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod, which is the synod to which all four of us on the podcast belong, um, and what seminary life, what their studies are like. So why don't we maybe we'll work our way up in age groups. Uh, we have a junior, a middler, and a senior, and maybe— a uh, our junior can explain what in the world is going on that we start with a junior, not a freshman.
1: actually i'm not completely sure that and <laughs> it always um, confused me too so, i don't so, know either so I, I would assume there's junior and senior so midler's the the grade in between so junior's got to be the first and well obviously and then senior so then they come up with the middle term but i'm i'm not actually up to date on to I why we have Borderland's that said terminology at some point went
0: back to prep maybe or
1: yeah, prep's
2: not? got some different terms for, I didn't go to prep, but they have different terms for their freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. So then, I don't know, I guess it threw everything
3: off. There's also a, a vicar year, too, so it's actually a four-year program for those who aren't familiar. But the, they're, like, out interning, basically, for that year, so we don't have a vicar here.
0: So then maybe our uh, our junior, who's a freshman, so to speak, could introduce himself, where he's from, uh, things like that.
1: Um, yeah, so my name is Tony Flugheft. I'm from Germantown, Wisconsin, so just down the road here from the seminary. Uh, I went to Kettle Moraine Lutheran High School in Jackson. Go um, Chargers. Is go Chargers, yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Yeah, they just beat, uh, they beat your Unfortunately, my
0: kids are at school, yeah, in volleyball.
1: Yeah. And they beat prep and soccer to go to state, too. So. Jeez, they're just good showing time no for love. Oh. There's always fights between the Lutherans. Still. Yeah. Um, but so I went to KML. Uh, upon graduating high school, I went to UW-Milwaukee for two years and studied accounting, nice. thus not being the same grade as my identical twin brother who is sitting to the left of me. <laughs> um, and then transferred to MLC, uh, spent three years there, graduated, and now I'm in my first year at the seminary.
0: All right, and MLC then for listeners from outside the Wisconsin State and Martin Luther College.
4: And PrEP is one of our two high schools that helps funnel in church workers um, if those kids so choose to, to go that path. Uh, so
0: Pastor Bordelin, a uh, regular guest on the show, has a daughter at Luther PrEP, which is the one in Watertown. And then we have Michigan Lutheran Seminary, which I think goes back to the days of the Michigan Synod. They agreed to uh, join in, but they got to keep their school And that's where my kids would have gone to school if we had remained in Saginaw before they went to Wisco, which got beat by Kettle Moraine. Hey, Uh, and and,
4: uh, the MLS Cardinals are Cardinals, and the Berg family lore is that the first athletic director was a pastor who was my great-grandfather. And he bought red sweatpants for the basketball team, and thus they were known as the Cardinals. (laughs) That sounds made up. Yeah. It could be very well made it's up. It's all about Anyway, anyway yeah. let's go to our uh, Midler. My name is Chris Flugheft.
2: Obviously, because he's my twin brother, the information is going to be the same. I will confirm they do look alike.
4: I already mixed them up once
2: tonight. <laughs> uh, grew up in Germantown, went to Kettle Moraine Lutheran High School. But after graduating high school, I went straight to Martin Luther College to study to be a pastor. Uh most people that go to MLC, I don't believe that's the case for any of us, have family members that are in the ministry. That wasn't the case for me, so I was a little hesitant at first, but it was an awesome opportunity to go to Martin Luther College to study be a pastor. The languages <laughs> hit me like a truck right away, but I, I think I've learned to become at least a little sufficient in it.
0: When you get out, you'll have logos. You'll be all right.
2: <laughs> so... Uh, now I'm in my second year at the seminary. Um, I also got married while well, I was still at MLC before my senior year. So I'm, uh, I've am i been married for about two and a half years and I have a one and a half year old daughter named Ophelia. Actually, I don't know if I should say my kid's name on
3: this. Yeah, I don't think funny. we have any stalkers or anything like <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, if you want us to edit it out later, just let Peter us know. Peter can edit it out. He's edited <laughs> it no, out plenty no before.
4: Problem. And our bearded senior.
5: Bearded senior, yeah. My name is Adam Lambrecht. Uh, I am an old student. I'm a second career student. Um, I grew up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and uh, went to uh, Iowa State University and graduated with two degrees from there. Cyclones? Is that yeah, right Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so two degrees from Iowa State, and then just kind of wandered around as a janitor for a while, and... Got hooked up with Kingdom Workers for a while, was down in Farmington, New Mexico as a Kingdom Worker, and then sort of took the back door into ministry as a staff minister.
0: No, and I know Farmington for some reason. is uh, Is there an Enderly down there?
5: There is now, yeah.
0: And then uh, we have a Missouri Synod friend of the show who was, I think our next, did that episode just come out or it's next? The Brewer. Live recorded with us. And then uh, speaking of editing, he recorded another episode while we were out there too that Peter's going to probably have to edit a little, um, but Broer Erickson is also down in Farmington. Oh, so I okay. know two pe- I don't know if it's a big city or not.
5: It's well, 30,000 about. 000. So yeah. it's, well, huh. it's not big. But Small world. Yeah. I um, miss that place every day. So
0: the, uh, Is it a, I mean, it's kind of a standalone own thing there or is it kind of part of a metropolitan area?
5: It's a standalone, yeah. A standalone it's place. a kind of, in ways, it's sort of like a border town on the Navajo reservation. Okay. There
0: must um, be mountains, huh?
5: Uh, yeah, a little bit to the north. Uh, the the only day before posted a
0: picture and there was snow and hills. So I figured it must be mountains. Oh, so. man.
5: See, I just missed seeing those. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We've got some hill. we got Holy Hill. <laughs> <if not far laughs> we from got here. Tom's Hill. Yeah.
5: yeah, so we'll we'll get
0: a little bit more into our guests and, and what they're up to. Uh, here at the seminary but why don't we make sure not to forget to we don't know what they're going to say well exactly we have
3: we have have up-and-coming pastors uh, futures at stake so we definitely have to read the disclaimer if not for our (laughs) sake for theirs
4: this show doesn't speak for our churches or church bodies or our employers or the seminary to be honest much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us we will be thinking out loud a lot so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. Right, welcome back for our free for all. Uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite ethnic food, so not hamburgers and hot dogs. Is, it, is there anything else that's American?
0: I think that can be considered an ethnic.
4: Well, I suppose if you go back to Frankfurter and Hamburg, you know, but... Can't American there anything, be an ethnicity? That's what I'm saying. Is there anything that's authentic to American... Food, plenty. Unless you're and talking that's what about, like, okay. Right. So we're gonna go around, and we'll start with Ben. Then what no, is? No, I'm not thi- starting. Okay, we'll stop with. Ben. I think ben. we
0: should start with our seminarian guest.
4: All right, so go ahead.
5: I feel like you're you're supposed to say Italian, right? I mean, I that seems like the Midwestern thing to say. Um, but I will say that when it's,
3: it's I was. Like, but you're. I mean, you said you're in New Mexico. Yeah. But. Like, was that for a long time, or do you still... Are you solidly a Wisconsinite? Would you consider yourself... No,
5: I don't consider myself Wisconsinite. I mean,
0: imagine you you get a call to a town, and it can only have one restaurant, and it's going to have this type of ethnic food. Remember that one from with?
3: Seinfeld that had all four, and they thought it was a terrible idea, and then they all wanted different foods, so then they wish there was a restaurant that existed that... You know, nobody? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's a thing.
4: All right,
5: go ahead. Well in New Mexico the the navajo the fry bread have you ever had navajo fry bread uh-uh. oh it's just deep fried dough um, but they put you can put honey on it cinnamon sugar on it 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 you can
4: hear it clogging your arteries as you eat it nice. it's it's just wonderful it's great it sounds like a state fair uh, type that, that yeah, fry yeah that counts that's an actual american yeah, a right. native, a native American.
3: But is it like, would you be willing to speak positively for their whole food genre, or is it just no, that probably one? Not. Okay. it'd just
5: be it'd just be the fry bread because so they also have this this meal where they take sheep intestines, they take <laughs> the the small, no, they take the large intestine and stuff it inside the small intestine, and then we we had a, a my wife and I had a very dear Navajo friend who told us you must. Eat it with Pepsi because that's the only way that it cuts the grease going down. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way.
4: All right, one, one of the twins, go yeah. ahead. Uh, can you I have th- to identify which twin you are for
0: our listeners.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, this is the greater twin. So, uh, can I pick Wisconsin as an ethnic food? Can I can I say brats and cheese curds? Sure. The rest
4: yeah. the rest of the world, I think, thinks Wisconsin's. Goofy enough to be, yes. its own yeah. Just, just go ahead and
3: perpetuate the
1: stereotype. That's yeah, great. I mean, well,
4: I'm fine with that no, stereotype if I get to eat brats and cheese curds okay, I and, and a Friday fish fry. I mean, that's yeah. that's a classic Wisconsin supper club kind of thing.
3: I have mm. a very serious question for you, and this is going to be kind of a litmus test for me to test your character. <clears throat> uh, which cheese curds uh, are your favorite? Like, if you had to pick um different mm-hmm. cheese curds from different places um,
1: so are you saying i like, i, I if, prefer I mean, if, if you say like some little cheese? i prefer no. them to not be deep fried i prefer oh, actual cheese curds that squeak in your mouth
0: deep fried oh, like you get it a quick trip you mean.
1: like like you go to uh island box um on sure. the way to, to the dells nah, and what kind, or, what kind or kind of you cheese? A stop at a uh, mars cheese castle Something like that, like real Wisconsin cheese curds. They
0: made non deep fried cheese curds. (laughs) (laughs) I assumed you meant deep fried. Yeah, that. uh, I will say when I when I was dating Trisha, Houston had a uh, or Houston's for had a um, Radloff's cheese still, and I you know the not fried, but the squeaky. mm -hmm. That's the yeah. I would agree. That's when you know they're good.
4: Mm -hmm. And then what kind of cheese? White cheddar. Ooh,
0: I think it's just white or orange, basically. (laughs) Well, do you know
1: white and orange cheddar are actually the same thing? They just color it. Really? really, I went to um, Clock Shadow Creamery um, by the Alan Bradley Clock in Milwaukee, huh. and they were, they had this whole informational tour, and that's what they told us. They said uh, they just color it, and that's now people think that white cheddar is better and will pay more, yeah. but it's the same thing.
0: Wait, so they color the white stuff or they color they, the they orange?
1: It's stuff? it's uh, it's no, they color it orange. Okay,
0: well, so maybe it's at white that and
3: maybe at yeah. that creamery. I mean, they that, make like they you know like some, Vermont white cheddar. Definitely tastes different than like. Well,
1: I think I think they were saying the reason people taste a difference is because they are paying for nicer white cheddar. Okay, that makes sense. and versus getting, I don't want to name them a brand, but like getting it at Aldi or something. And, and so it's really just it. a big fraud.
4: Yeah. So I've heard, and we did ask at the Miller Brewery once, and I don't know if we got a straight answer or not, but that Miller High Life and Milwaukee's best. That light is true. Are the same beer
1: See
0: I just don't like Believing that though Because I think Beast is far superior
3: Yeah I don't think they If if they are the same Beast is watered down Quite a bit I mean Maybe they take Maybe they take The high life And then like Add 50% more water To it
4: I think it's the same beer Uh,
3: We'll look it up later well, I'm pretty
4: sure admit it is that. the same. It's yeah. the same.
3: They do that with a lot
2: of beers. Like if you go to Costco and get their uh, craft brews, that's actually just Point Brewery
3: under a different label. Yeah, but this... Uh,
4: th- Wisconsin. There's been yeah.
5: two things that have just kind of shattered my world. <laughs> I know. This is, can I wow. ask you to
3: weigh in on deep fried cheese curds? I mean... Are you opposed uh, to that? Uh, like you you, oh you know? like them from no, like... No, they're delicious. I'm cor- not... Corner, can't... like you got like a corner bar that makes them awesome or State Fair or, or a restaurant chain.
1: Um, so up in New Ulm, I really liked Rodney's. They had good cheese curds. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know around here necessarily what I would say. The correct the answer is Cousin's Subs. Cousin's, I've oh, never... Oh, no, they're got. good there,
3: yeah. It, it surprised me the first time I had them, but, uh, oh, they got a, they got a good cheese curd.
4: So if you're, if you're not from Wisconsin, there's kind of three classic places to go eat. One is a supper club where you have like a brandy old fashioned and you can get basically kind of your comfort food then you have a custard place that has got burgers cheese curds and then good custard and then hole in the wall friday fish fry yeah beer battered fish fry those are the wisconsin foods those are the staples
0: so. so we've got navajo but only the bread we've got wisconsin foods what else do we got?
2: so i'm gonna have to say mexican food um if i
3: can say i'm talking about taco bell <laughs>
2: Taco so, Bell is amazing. So,
3: so we're talking more Tex-Mex slash American well, Tex-Mex. I, I feel
2: like Tex-Mex is gonna get on the steeper end of Taco Bell's menu, like their steak, <laughs> their steak quesadillas. I'm talking their, uh, their their cheesy roll-ups, something like that. Okay. Uh, just the real. Uh, I, some people would call it garbage. I would say it's just the best food you can get. Their breakfast is amazing, too.
4: Now, I don't know if <laughs> you are gonna. Still, you're going to be a good father.
0: <laughs> I don't know if they still have it in New Almond. and I'll admit I never tried it in Minnesota. I don't know if they have them in Wisconsin, but is there still a Taco John's there? Yeah, don't go there. Is yeah, it, there is Is it a, like a Taco Bell or not really? It's...
2: I don't know. People really like their... Uh, potato Olays. Potato Olays, yeah. Which are which just...
4: Are <laughs> which are just tater tots. Yeah, that's they all they are. <laughs> that's all they are, but they're called potato olays. They're a restaurant that sells tater tots.
2: The unfortunate thing in New Ulm is there was a Taco Bell. but you had to drive to Mankato to get some good Taco Bell. Huh. There, there's a part. KFC part Taco mm-hmm. Bell and they closed early. Mm.
0: Uh, I don't ever like the split restaurants
2: also best.
4: Ta- like also Taco <laughs> John's in at uh, in December would have um, Nacho's Navidad. And they thought that they were saying, like, merry nachos, but really they were saying nachos, nachos nativity of our Lord. And uh, I wanted to point it out that they were being incorrect, but I don't think that anybody in that company knew Spanish.
3: I'm not going to um, embarrass myself, but there was a uh, jingle, radio jingle, to accompany the nachos Navidad. <laughs> it played on the radio. I... I want to say Taco John's is like based out of like Wyoming or something, and it's kind of like a South, not South, like a American West leading into the Plain States. I haven't, I don't see him around Wisconsin much. You no. ever uh, kind hear of Minnesota and
0: Martin West talk about states and um, if they're straight lines or squiggly lines? Yep. He's got a great bit where he talks about the cultures with the squiggly lines.
4: Yeah, the and more the more straight the state yeah, lands, so the less now, culture. Ever since
0: that, I, I think I saw him in Ann Arbor way back with uh, Trisha and, P- and Tyler Peel and, that, and uh, um I always just like a Wyoming. It's square, right? <laughs> I think I don't think there's squiggles in Wyoming. No, mm-hmm. so I always it, look at it and I probably unfairly judge it as like, oh yeah, there's no culture there, so it doesn't. <laughs> have but there, to but there
4: is. You know, you have Jackson Hole and you have. You have lots of culture there Anyway
0: What is What's cultural about Jackson Hole
4: Well there's a bunch of rich people there And they got the western culture Is it a hole
0: Is that literally
1: what it is Or (laughs) I've never heard of it
4: You never heard of (laughs) Jackson
1: Wyoming Jackson Hole No
0: It's a
4: ski resort isn't it Yeah Mm -hmm. it's a huge Whatever Oh Ben you just tell me Is it a hole though No
0: (laughs) Then what's the What is it What do they call it that for
4: well, I don't know the history of why they call it Jackson Hole. I'm just right, saying. The it's it's a pretty classy place.
0: <laughs> All right, Ben, we, you got the big one here. I'm picking I'm
3: picking the true American food genre, the Midwest hot dish. Um and not to be confused with the Midwest casserole. Uh Peter had his uh, we just uh had a daughter and Peter's
0: wife. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, Peter thanks.
4: and you had a daughter? Sorry. <laughs> because <laughs> that's exactly if nobody. My wife is. It's, it's got a beard and it actually can fix your computer. <laughs> my wife
3: and I, specifically my wife, had a daughter. Um, and uh, Peter's wife, uh, family friends, was kind enough to make us dinner and she brought some. Wait, she, her
0: wife's, fam- his wife's family's friends? Peter's wife. Okay, but Amy. her family friends made dinner for you? <laughs> You're saying and Amy, they're family Amy friends. Amy made dinner
3: and brought it over.
0: I'm curious now. So Peter and Amy are family friends. Are I Mike consider, and Amanda family friends. I consider them all family friends. Or me and Trisha. I consider you family well, friends. Well, thank you. I yeah. just didn't know what our status was.
3: Anyways, she brought it over and she was, you know, said, "Okay, I made this casserole and she gave instructions for it." Well, we ate it last night. It was absolutely delicious. But I had to send Peter a message right away that said this was no casserole. This was a hot dish. And he, exact, he knew exactly what I was talking about. And our wives didn't because my wife kept saying it was a casserole. But uh,
0: See, I don't know the difference. I saw you guys talking about that. I don't know the difference either. To me, a casserole is anything with noodles.
3: Yeah, so casseroles are typically more noodle based, um, and they're and they're typically more planned out. So people will say like, I think these things will go together, and then they'll make a casserole. A hot dish is like a happy accident that has been refined, like and tweaked through the years of like church potlucks. Like an and, example would be.
5: Well, Do they have it's, it's very hard. Just... It's
3: it's very hard. To like to give a definition but when you're eating this is a minnesota thing when you're eating a hot dish you know it's a hot dish you just know right away usually there's a there's a there's a healthy starch to dairy ratio um if there's if there's a like if there's a can of cream mushroom soup in it it's a hot dish automatically um there's there's some other nuances but you just know and like i didn't even peter didn't say what do you mean he's like yep it was absolutely a hot dish And I couldn't believe She called it casserole He knew exactly What I was talking about so, Hot so. dishes are born out Like somebody It was like the end Of the pay period So they threw a bunch Of things together That didn't make sense But it turned out To be delicious So then they tweaked It a little bit And they took it To a church potluck And people said That was great I need the recipe And then somebody else Tweaked it It's been refined so Many times So it's
0: like times. the equivalent Of uh, Stuff You Should Know Had an episode On Chinese food And what's the Chinese food Everybody gets uh, Not like sweet And sour chicken But the Dim sum no
4: generals, orange. like it's
0: like the american like th- Ch- chow mein or something whatever oh. whatever it was like these like drunk americans came in and they were like it was back when they were trying to put chinese restaurants out of business um not one of our finer days probably as a nation um but uh like they're like well we want food and so they were closing and they just put everything together <coughs> in one dish. And so that must be the Chinese hot dish. It sounds like. Yeah, and
3: I mean people that aren't familiar oh, with
0: um, not feng shui. That's how you move furniture. Feng um, <laughs> shui. Uh,
4: you you think about it. Chop I don't know. I Is this hate. like tater tot hot dish? Is that? Yeah,
3: the... but I mean that. That's kind of like.
4: <laughs> that's the Taco John. Exactly. <laughs> that, exactly. Oh, hot dishes.
3: Like if you were like a, like uh, like an elite like coastal dweller and you came you'd be like oh they, they eat that tater tot hot dish in the midwest you'd be showing your ignorance if you think that's the the the, the depth of the genre um, there, there goes many levels um, I've had enchiladas made with cream of mushroom soup and they are delicious um, and they are
5: uh, what about potato ole
4: hot dish oh yeah <laughs> <oil>. <laughs> is that any better um, <laughs> that would be that would be considered Mexican food in Minnesota <laughs> so uh Serving in Minnesota, because this is a very Minnesota yes. thing, um, everybody kept talking about funeral hot dish. And mm-hmm. that's a very specific thing. Yep. Basically, it's just potatoes, ham, and then whatever kind of sauce, right. gravy they have in it in. But that is funeral hot dish is specifically potatoes, and, ham.
3: And what, maybe you know where I'm going, what could you expect to be served for dessert? Jello? Red Jello. Jello, and there Red will also Jello. be pickles.
4: Yep. And if there's not pickles, there may be a riot.
3: <laughs> but anyways, I, I'm kind of joking because uh, a lot of this food is just garbage. But, <laughs> uh, I, you know, people people get creative, and they've uh, there's really been some delicious uh, delicious and creative takes on throwing a bunch of food together. I
4: think
0: this could a, be like a hipster niche restaurant, too, for like Brady Street, you know, like Upper East grill, Side. Grilled cheese I think, or yeah, hot dish. Yeah, you could open like a hot dish restaurant. I think you should think about this. <laughs>
3: It's interesting. Um, How do you think it would do in other states? Well, be I, like, I'm
0: not in other states. I'm saying, like, so you like, think it should be like a Milwaukee restaurant? You should start just with like the best hot dishes. You, you whatever you, I don't know what hot... you know. <laughs> them. You, call, they've got that peanut butter and jelly restaurant. I'm thinking of a peanut butter and jelly restaurant. Should we? Should it serve casseroles too?
3: Or
5: should definitely have vegetables in their green jello, though, right? Do you vegetables? Have the, yeah, do you ever have the Jello with vegetables? That's always at funerals.
3: I I've definitely had the carrot sliced into orange Jello.
5: Yeah, there's the celery and the green Jello too. This is
4: definitely ethnic. <laughs> <Like Yes. laughs> nobody, I'm owning. Not, I'm owning. This my, uh... is not mainstream. So
0: probably, okay, Mike, what do you got here? <coughs> All
4: right, I'm going to throw you a curveball, and I'm going to say British bar food. So like the uh, what are the British ones? British or English? English. I should. You're right. Specifically English. So like an English pub where you get the, well, scotch egg or something like that. Um, that's that's some pretty good stuff Or fish and chips. So, so that's, I know it's not Italian, Mexican or whatever, but I, I dig the, uh, that's when you really feel your arteries clogging up with each bite. But it's pretty good stuff. So if you can find a good English pub in your major city, uh, go there for a early Saturday morning Manchester United versus whoever uh, soccer match and football match and uh, have some scotch eggs. The stereotype
3: about about British slash English food is that it's terrible.
4: Well, it's not you know it's certainly not French food, but uh, you know it's got some good. Bar well, food. Why do not you
3: pick French food then? It was so because much better. Because
4: I really like. You picked hot dish. <laughs> <laughs> right, Taco I'm bro. trying to be
3: genuine. I'm not trying to pretend that I like lived in France for 18 years. Look, I mean, it was the end of the pay period. My parents threw some stuff together,
0: and it was good. All right, Wade, what's I'm yours? I'm gonna go with. Uh, um, they're closely related, but I'll have to leave it up to you guys if they could be connected. But um. Uh, Mike, you grew up in Detroit area for a while too, and two of the big types of food in the area would be a Greek town, yeah, Mm -hmm. and B would be Middle Eastern food. Okay, mm -hmm. um, so Dearborn, Mm -hmm. and to me, a gyro and a shawarma are pretty similar type foods. Sure, I think they culminate in the German, well, Turkish, but German doner, doner kebab. So I'm going to go with uh, if I have to separate those out, I'm going to go Arabic Middle Eastern. Do you say doner or daner? I never quite for sure know how to say it, so I said donor. But usually I just point and say I want that. Yeah, I would say dain kebab. You pointed and grunted because you're an American.
4: (laughs) But I'll tell you, if if you're a student going over to Europe and you don't have a lot of money, every little town really in Germany for sure is going to have some family with a cart that is going to sell cheap... Daner they Kebabs. Almost, you know them as Euros. They almost banned they're, them, though. Did you know that? Really? But they are fantastic they're cheap... I guess they're, they're
0: full cheap. of nitrates or something, and the government yeah, really. was trying to make I, people less I would fat. ask if you're a college kid
3: without a lot of money, why are you going to Europe?
4: Um, because you're a college kid. Okay, and you well, let's solve that problem better, first. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go... Excellent shwarma, choice.
0: Shawarma Euro type mix. I, actually, choice. when
3: you said Detroit, I thought you were going to say Detroit-style pizza, which is just trash. It's Stop hot it. garbage. <laughs> Little <Stop> Caesars, <laughs> Buddy's
0: Stop. Pizza. You ever have Buddy's? Oh yeah,
4: Little Caesars, Domino. All all of good, all of the great pizza joints in America have emanated from Detroit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jet, Jets Pizza. What about that? Yeah,
0: is Jet's
1: Detroit?
3: The the pizza itself is good. It's how you feel 15 minutes later. You want to lie down and curl well, up at a ball. Well, that takes Taco Bell out of the
0: equation. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I my,
3: my body can handle Taco Bell better, and it can handle Little Caesars.
0: See, I wouldn't even bring up Little Caesars. Well, you said Detroit, time. and yeah. okay. Well, I'm gonna go with shawarmas if I gotta pick one. But shawarma Euro, just the kind of. You don't know exactly what it is, kind of meat that's on the thing that spins, <laughs> and they cut it off. We'll, ca- then,
4: we'll call it, we're telling ourselves it's lamb. It. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, anyway, I thought that was a good free-for-all. Should we go to the main topic? Let's do it.
0: To our main topic, and uh, we're just going to talk a little bit seminary. What it's like to be a seminary student? Kind of how um, things develop as a seminarian. I I do think uh, the experience someone that's going to that someone's going to have at Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary is going to be pretty similar across Lutheranism, as so far as how it's organized, especially in former synodical conference Lutheranism. Um, So uh, the Missouri Synod seminaries as well, and that we're going to have, as we mentioned. two years, and then a vicar year, an intern year, and then a senior year. And I think if we can maybe go then in the order that those years happen, and Adam, you're going to get put on the spot of you own vicar year now too. Um, but maybe uh, what are your classes right now? Um, what do you understand to kind of be the goal of this year? You know, what it, um, getting acclimated to seminary, anything that maybe stands out to you Uh, you know, the curriculum is ordered in a very specific way as you're trying to build things up. So what's your, we're two months in, three months in? Yeah, two. Two months in. So maybe Tony, what's your experience so far of junior year? What are you taking? What seems to be standing out? Anything you want to comment on?
1: Well, I guess to start out talking about the junior year at the seminary, I should probably catch you up as to what happens before seminary. Um, You spend typically four years at martin luther college unless you take a different route and at martin luther college you're learning the languages that the bible is written in so you take you're taking four years of greek and two years of hebrew and then they throw in a non-biblical language for fun and then
0: um so what track were you out of curiosity i was latin okay Not so bad choice. i was
1: actually it was an interesting story for my latin career because i went to a different college for two years um, took the placement test after two years of not taking Latin, just crammed for it, went into Latin, and that was very difficult for me to go into it without having done anything. But for you had taken it in high school? I had, I had taken four years in high school, oh, okay. but being I was placed into the last year of Latin <laughs> at MLC, so getting Professor Frederick and the vast amount of knowledge he has yeah. thrown at me. Was, as far as Latin goes, uh, Joel Frederick kind of knows it yeah Yeah. so so yeah we 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 get that covered we get the languages um introduced to us at mlc get a little bit into the translating the bible and or well i guess translating is not the word they like us to use um practicing exegesis um original so yeah reading the original languages so um is that
0: still i'm trying to remember back Is john um
1: you take you do the book of the gospel of John typically your junior year and, and, and then you get maybe? act the second half of acts okay. your senior year and corinthians okay and then um for hebrew they actually just switched it up so it typically... um we
2: did Joel senior year because professor Nass was writing a commentary yeah. for okay. concordia yeah he's
1: writing so yeah I, I took i took a class where we went through Joel and we did some um some of, i think it was in Samuel um Speaking of so,
0: Professor Nass, Mike, were you in Hebrew um when uh Tyler Peel was in that class, and I believe I was in that class. Maybe I'm remembering it as a story I was told. Um, but did he still have the Maserite of the day when you were there? Yeah, and he, And so you'd be looking at the Masoretic text. And Tyler was uh a good student, probably, right? But um but he was he was he was Tyler Peel and I remember him raising his hand one day and saying, uh, Professor, I think I found an error <laughs> And Professor Nass saying, Tyler, there's no way you found an error in the Masoretic text." And Tyler said, no, I'm pretty sure I did." And uh, I mean, this was after we had had, I won't say who it was, but we had just had someone spend five minutes trying to translate Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> like sounding it out painfully. And, um, and it turns out Professor Nass got all excited that he had I don't I don't remember if it actually turned out to be a for sure error. But I remember Pro- Professor Nessian, ooh, this is something, ooh, the, you know, is Tyler, good job. And, uh, and so uh, Tyler may have discovered, and, uh, and Pastor Peel, that is, may have discovered an error in the Masoretic text, but sorry. Uh,
4: that nobody else has for the last, well, how many years? It would be 2,500 years. Right, it was it Ezra text thousand eighty? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, yeah, I haven't no, read no, the no, Old Testament no, 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 no. in a while. I don't know. Yeah. Let's Jesus see Old isn't in that one, so.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so getting back to where, where I was, so yeah, you you get through that and you cover Bible history and uh, some other courses. You dabble into preaching in chapel, um, but that's your time at MLC. So. Uh, Coming to the seminary, where it's more of practical application. We're not trying to earn our liberal arts education or our liberal arts degree anymore. So, I'm not taking classes like survey art anymore or uh, different things like that. So, um, I, I from my understanding, someone can correct me, but it seems like the junior year is a little bit more of getting into the New Testament. Um, we take in New New Testament isogogics Isaac course both semesters where. We're covering um, big amounts of the New Testament. Like a
4: survey then. And maybe explain exegesis and then isagogics that worry. Um, What's the difference?
1: I guess the way that I understand it in a very rudimentary sense is um, exegesis is like looking at it closely, getting a magnifying glass out versus
4: uh, isagogics is taking a step back and looking at the whole. Not necessarily in the... Original language isogogics. Oh, we actually do New
1: Testament isogogics in the original language. It's not typical, though. uh, It's not typical, but (laughs) Professor Geiger is really, really gets us in. He translating four or um, reading 45 verses a night. Nice. So. And then um, some more about junior year. We. We preach our. We write our first sermon in the uh, first couple months. So I just submitted my
4: first sermon. And then what you, was your and text? Then you, and then you burn it later. Yeah, yeah.
2: My, after preaching it about twenty you're, times, right?
4: You're, you're like, mm, I'm done with that forever. My text was Luke seven
1: thirty six through fifty. So where um, there's the sinful woman who comes in when Jesus is eating at Simon the Pharisee's house. Okay,
3: that's your gospel, right?
1: Yep, I like Luke. Yeah. Yeah. So, um just got that done and it's it's a nice topic because it has pretty specific malady, and um uh you can see a good example of faith and Jesus proclaiming this woman forgiven so it's it's a nice um nice text for me to do my first sermon on.
0: Do you remember your 1st fir- I remember my first epistle was Colossians 2. Yeah. I, I want to say the first gospel was the 10 lepers but I which had... I butchered and made all about being great, grateful.
4: Right, which is what... what Which is important. Like, be grateful is good, right? but yeah. I forgot I'd, I'd the, actually, Like the gospel. My first in epistle was it. Romans 8, which was sweet. And then I think... Uh, it was in Matthew, and I want to say it was the parable of the unmerciful servant.
0: And so soon you'll be going out and preaching that like 60 times. Yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to that?
4: Yeah, I, I,
1: I enjoy talking people I, I like getting in front of a crowd and and uh, it's an absolute privilege that how long do you think it'll take before you won't
0: enjoy that sermon at least oh um i don't know
2: probably well, my first time preaching was at a church with five services so about the fourth service when i was <laughs> oh and i'm like i see the holes in this yes, sermon I, right you're, you're talking
4: about bethlehem and germantown I, yeah, I that's our home so that was my my wife taught there and so uh for our listeners thursday saturday three on sunday I believe. And, uh, yeah, when you're done with that sermon, you're done. Like that one's done. We're not going to talk about that one ever again.
2: It's a rush on a Sunday going yeah. from Menominee falls to Germantown, back yep. to Menominee two, falls
4: to, uh, two locations. And so you leave after you preach, the first service after the sermon, drive to the other town, preach, and then drive back in time to get to the, to the third, uh, service in time nice. to preach. It was, uh, pretty hectic but yeah um that doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't change i hate my sermons when i'm done with them <laughs> still today now you'll preach this
0: sermon though this will be your go-to for quite a while till you get the second yeah. one ready huh
1: yeah so i don't think i'm actually i can't actually preach in a church yeah, until after so easter okay so i i'm gonna preach it in class in the next couple of weeks but then can't really go out into church until after Easter, and then at that point I should already have my second sermon written. And it
3: will line up with the, the text for the day perfectly, right, every time. <laughs>
4: <laughs> won't. Um, and then maybe uh, for you guys that, that have been around for a while, the uh, speak about the painful experience about videotaping the sermon and then having to watch yourself preach for the first time. It's good for you. But it certainly is, if anything's law, that is law. Is it good for you? Yeah. <laughs> I just hate listening to my own voice. Like, I can't stand
5: that. I, don't, I mean...
3: Most people do, but uh, Wade, Wade must not, because he can <laughs> he, he do the podcast and listen to Thanks, it. Thanks, Fanny.
4: Well, I didn't mean
3: that you talk a lot. I meant that just, like, no, you, I, you wanted to start a, a podcast
4: yeah. like that. But in homiletics, which is the study of uh, learning how to preach... Um, they videotape your They do so still I'm do that. I take it. So now there's mm-hmm. a there's a story from my dad, who's also a graduate of this uh, institution. That that's when they first started to videotape, and somebody had the they're cranking whatever. it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's as, this is you know in the 70s, and uh, apparently uh, somebody kind of didn't do very well and was coming down from the pulpit and fell, and then so all you could see is his feet sticking out of the pulpit with 70 shoes, so, you know, big heels and stuff. And then the dear friend who was videotaping, of course, kept videotaping and then walked over there and tried to zoom in to see him. <laughs> and I guess the professor was not too happy. I don't know if that's another Berg false story or not, Ben, you can make the judge of that. That one sounds sounds, a little more real. That sounds real or whatever, but it is definitely a painful experience to have to watch yourself.
2: Yeah, we're we're in the process of that in my homiletics class right now. I'm awaiting I preached my sermon a few weeks ago, and now I'm awaiting my day to sit there while everyone else critiques Uh, my sermon, but I mean, you feel bad for the other guy while he's sitting there, because they put in a good, faithful effort. They give a fairly good sermon but then it comes to down to the small things like hey your voice is a little too high there and, and, and i
4: was to, i was already in seminary wade criticized for my hand gestures
0: nice <laughs> well and the thing is you're expected in class to criticize i mm-hmm. mean that's you're supposed to evaluate each other now do they still do if you say um that the whole class says um yes mm-hmm. okay that was uh one way that they would wow. try to break you of saying um as you would have the whole <laughs> that class
3: some like like army basic training stuff <laughs> yeah. like mind gave. i you still think of that in class if i start saying um do you
0: yeah mm. that and i think about saying uh things of that nature now that your mom pointed out that i say that all the time
4: yeah yeah you didn't say it all today
0: i know and in class i've started changing it to like things of that sort mm. things of that kind classic, classic.
3: Mm-hmm. so they so it doesn't matter who's up there you get criticized like yeah, I um, mean, the could be giving his Easter sermon, and so be, every, people would be pointing out. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> Everyone's got something to work on, uh, and we want to portray the message in the best way possible and not get in the way. I know that I have my problems to work on when I am preaching, so I know when people are other- out <coughs> I see something, and I think... They're gonna get me for that. Yeah. Have and you had any terrifying. any
0: instances where, um, like in uh, the movie Step Brothers, we were talking about Will Ferrell earlier in the Calvinist Reformation, where any of the students just say, "It was a good sermon," but uh, I don't like your face. <laughs> Not to you. You have a very nice face. Um, but like to others, or do everybody's pretty good behavior there. There's
2: there's been some uh, questionable critiques. <laughs> uh, something uh, this is. Somewhat related. I was getting my uh, stu- catechism student teaching review, and one of the questions on there was was a student. Uh, how was his hygiene? Nice. Uh, mine was fine, but I'm thinking, man, th- there is some interesting critiques on here.
0: At <laughs> a student evaluation, well, I, when I was teaching w- in Michigan. That um, the student said my head was too shiny. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just curious, does anybody ever get, like, criticized for too many foreskin references?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now we have to, in the presentation or the talk before this, um, my sermon in chapel on Monday, um, which began with, do you really think God needs your foreskin was mentioned, so that's why. Then if you don't understand that,
4: read Galatians and or email Wade, and he will explain yeah. it to you. Wade at podcast.com. Uh, All right. so now you have we do not own the
3: domain you- podcast.com.
0: I must point that out. Yeah, we make it out. Um, so you have homiletics. You're working on your first sermon. Um, do you have dogmatics, study of doctrine right now?
1: Uh no, you start dogmatics. You have midler Augsburg year.
2: Confession second semester, junior year, but okay. dogmatics starts your midler year.
0: Now is Augsburg Confession still uh, Brenner? Yes, it is. And does he still ask impossible agree disagree questions? He does. Yeah, okay. um, he makes you doubt if you were right,
2: and uh, his classic joke always comes up if you're wrong. Yeah,
0: calls you a heretic. That was one of my favorite classes I've had, but there was no winning with that. So besides homiletics, right, you have isagogics of New Testament. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you're taking?
1: So then uh, we're taking a a studying Genesis and Hebrew course. Um, There's a brand new course at the seminary. This just started this year. With Professor Dagner, and it's Foundations of Evangelism. So they're trying to get more of a an evangelism emphasis early on in the seminary education. Um, uh, um, um, um. <laughs> so uh, after that, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, church history course right now. We're uh, from just early church to uh, pre-Reformation. Okay. You're getting your
0: Ambrose and Augustine and all that? Yeah.
1: And then I'm trying to think if I'm missing
4: out on any of the other courses. We should maybe. So maybe we should talk about the, the four kind of disciplines. So we've kind of bounced around a little bit, but maybe one of you wants to just talk about the, the four kind of disciplines at, at, at our seminary. Why don't you go ahead?
5: This, this feels like a quiz. <laughs> uh, church history. Systematics.
0: You guys have it harder because you have the new chapel, the old chapel. There was four pictures that reminded well, you. We still, the
4: still have the windows, though. Oh, do you? I okay. should know this, yeah. I fought that. I was on the committee for the new chapel, and I fought that. Oh. I felt like the symbol should be about Jesus.
0: Nice. Did you know? Um, I lost. Do you know why Michigan Lutheran Seminary is the cardinals? Because the great... Okay. <laughs> um, so you, you said uh, systematic and historic?
5: Yeah, and then... Uh, is it pastoral theology? Practical. 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 Oh, yeah. Pastoral yeah. And...
1: Uh, biblical or yeah. exegetical? Would that yeah. be... Yeah. I, I can't remember what we call fair. it.
5: I'm,
2: I'm not sure if you'd call it exegetical or just biblical.
5: Just I, I want to say maybe we said biblical. Dean Otto said that we shouldn't embarrass the seminary. I feel like I just crossed <laughs> he that line. <laughs> I apologize to you, Dean Otto,
0: for that one. I think you guys are doing fine. I think uh, what, um, so we, we kinda got into junior year and a little bit of the stuff that you're you're starting off with. We make our way to middler year. Middler year you've kinda got your feet under you. Um you uh you've taken some classes, you're uh you're able to go preach. Um what what what's your class schedule right now? What are, what are you taking?
2: Right now, so we start dogmatics, uh, middler year. Uh, homiletics the big push is methods of Christian education so we get out doing some uh, actual practice ministry I guess going into different catechism classes uh, teach catechism about six times in the first semester then we have Old Testament isagogics as well going from Exodus to Kings uh, where just about to start Ruth in that in that class, then we've got pastoral epistles right now, so you don't get much uh practical uh theology uh, so this is kind of our dipping our toes into it while sticking with the uh, with exegesis at the moment, and there's
0: got to be more classes than that and something we haven't maybe brought out is uh when's your school day start? when does it end? Uh, so classes
2: start at 7.30, and we go until uh, 12.30. Uh, we've got two classes, a chapel, and then a break for guys that are in choir. Uh, other guys, some work out, some just do homework, some talk about nonsense, and then we have our last two class periods. And then, and then now I'm guessing, job.
0: I'm guessing many then go to work then. Yeah. And so that's, you're able to to get your part-time job usually. Probably many of them still handed down, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, yeah, we both work at the same place. Uh, It's usually, uh, actually Bethlehem's child care. So uh, that's usually two seminarians doing the after-school program there. And then obviously I reached out to my brother. I'm like, hey, you can get a job here. And then next year when I'm gone, he'll reach out to
0: someone he knows and says, hey, if you want a job, apply at Bethlehem. And, and so a lot of students are working to help support themselves. Ma- two of you married, it sounds like, and yes. one uh, engaged uh, in, in joining us tonight. Uh, yeah. It's, even though, fiance's birthday, you said? It's my
4: fiance's birthday today, and Yikes, dude. I would, you know, we should have ran that by no i was the your... one that scheduled this oh day. that's right <laughs>
3: <laughs> just set the bar low right away that's all I'm gonna yeah now
0: no, uh
1: in, in my defense she gonna... has parent she had parent teacher consultations yes, no, I know, I tonight be. so
0: well she was pretty busy we do apologize for uh, any trouble we caused by that but uh so your middler year you've got this thing coming up um And it's a one-year opportunity where you get to go out and do pastor stuff, but say you're just the vicar, so you're really not responsible for anything. Um, Maybe if we can get both sides of vicar year, um, maybe if you want to explain first what it's like building up to it, what what vicar year is and then maybe we can get with that and what what it actually was like but uh kind of what it is to be a midler getting ready I mean midler and senior year both leading up to a big call day a uh, midler year the call to be a vicar senior year the call to be your full-time gig yeah it's it's exciting uh, this
2: past summer I actually had the opportunity to do what a summer uh, vicarship uh, so that's a 3 month kind of practice and that
0: was with pastor Gunther no,
2: that was with Pastor Gunther. Was a summer ministry assistant job at MLC, okay. and his was two of the five, of the ten weeks. So okay. two weeks were spent at in Kenai.
0: Okay. Now, where was the summer vicar at? Uh,
2: the summer vicar was in Chino uh, Valley, Arizona. Okay, so you've got to kind of. Yeah, got to uh, get a little bit of, of e- different of experience. Settings. I uh, had, had the opportunity to pres- that was ten weeks as well. Uh, preside at worship for five of the weeks, and then preach five other weeks. Two of them at, three of them at that congregation, two at other congregations in the area. So I got a little bit of a taste of what it might be like to be a vicar. But even that's way less responsibility than even a vicar has, because I was just the hey, we get this guy from the seminary and his, his wife and his daughter and my, in-laws were
3: members at that congregation, so. Okay. No, I'm I'm terrible at geography, so forgive me. Anybody who lives in this area, but uh, where you were in Arizona is that Navajo flatbread country.
4: (laughs) That (laughs)
2: Chino Valley is about two hours north. Maybe I'm wrong on this. I think so. Two hours north of Phoenix, it's in the middle of ranch country. If you went an hour about northwest, you'd get into. Okay, like I guess Seth. I wasn't clear. Have you tried Navajo flatbread <laughs> or not? No, uh, not. Chino okay. Valley right. is not where you'd get that. It's a bunch of older ranchers, so it's very okay. much
0: just American food. Huh. Um, now, <laughs> maybe if we get to the flip side, so you're you're leading up to Vicar Year, you're going to have this experience where for a year you're kind of doing pastry things, but everybody knows, um, or at least they're supposed to know, you're still a student. This is part of your education. Um, maybe if we want to talk a little bit now with our senior. You've been through it. You clearly made it back. They let you come back. You're still studying. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised. Um, where did you do your vicar year? What uh, What is the vicar year like?
5: Yeah, I, w- I did my vicar year here in Milwaukee at Mount Lebanon on okay. 60th and Hampton. Um, mo- that's atypical, I think. Most vicars usually end up going um, – Yeah, outside of the Midwest, probably, even. Um, They've been doing that a lot more recently, just getting vicars into mission settings. Um, But Mount Lebanon is a mission setting, and uh, I loved it. I I mean, you just have this wonderful year where you've got a bishop who guides you into this process of, of understanding what it means practically to be a pastor. Um, and how you get to interact with people real people no offense against classmates or fellow <laughs> students but they're real people and you get to know them you get to love them you get to grow with them um, yeah it's just a great year
0: and you're you're preaching a lot more often huh? yeah
5: yeah no. so I oh so well, I was just
3: gonna say do, but,
0: is this about flatbread?
5: No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a serious question.
3: Um do they sometimes was was it closer because of family considerations if you're married and wife has a job or something? Yeah. Is that part of it or
5: Yeah, so for my family situation is it was a little different. Um when I I was a staff minister out in New Mexico and in Colorado for about 10 years and my family moved around a lot when you're a staff minister, which is kind of a support staff position. It's a called ministry position, but it um Oftentimes, especially in mission congregations, they can't support another called worker, and sure. so we moved around quite a bit. Uh, my family and I have moved about fifteen times. Uh, so they weren't
3: they weren't concerned about getting you out of the Midwest. In <laughs> other words, that was, <laughs> no, you had no. checked that uh, yeah. checked that off the.
5: And they were really considerate of our children. So my my oldest is now in eighth grade, and uh, he had been well as we were getting into um, going into the vicar year. He would. He was in his sixth school already. So, so they were just very considerate with our, our family situation.
0: Um, so, um, you get out, you get your taste of vicar year, if I'm remembering, and then you come back, and uh, you're back in seminary. Um, what uh, what is senior year looking like? What does it seem like the the goals of senior year are? What what classes are you taking right now?
5: Yeah, I. I think one of the neat things about senior year is that you've had this year of experience and you have a a pastor, a supervising pastor who sort of serves as your professor, but you get back into the the classroom setting and you probably get a little bit more understanding of why things are taught the way they're taught. Um, Right now, so our classes were, uh, all right, drawing a blank. So (laughs) Uh, pre- presiding, in worship, <laughs> presiding in worship, presiding in worship is one of our classes. Um, uh, writing another sermon as well, uh, and church history, formula of Concord. Uh, we do Old Testament Isaiah, uh, going digging in Isaiah exegetically, and let's see what else am I missing? Well, your senior year, the big project, at least the first semester. Uh, the bulk of it is your senior thesis. And so some of your class time is freed up for that. We get two hours a week that is just open for us to do research and writing and studying and things like that.
0: So you you come back from your victory, you have your senior year, um, if I'm remembering for myself, but I, I think things are even more intentional now. Uh, a lot of that is now that you've gone out and done things, to kind of have that, now let's go through things and we can build on the experience you've just had. I mean, do you find yourself um, approaching the year or seeing a significance to it or anything of that sort that now you know you're back and there's one year left and you've kind of had this taste of stuff in your vicar year?
5: Yeah, yeah, I feel that that there's kind of, you kind of get it on both sides, so in some ways it just kind of hits you and you think, oh, I am not... I'm not ready for this. I am not <laughs> equipped to do this. But then also you get it on the other side where you realize, I understand now what my bishop was doing. I understand now why why he taught me to do it this way. And you get and a glimpse glen- of school and you just yeah. want a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've
4: always
3: <laughs> thought, um, as somebody who never liked school ever at all, no matter what, um, I always thought that would be hard to be like, okay, go kind of do your job. And then you got to go back to school again. Yeah, so. I think it's hard.
5: I like I said, I think the people thing is the hardest for me, at yeah. least. You just miss the real people that you got to meet your vicar year.
0: Uh, one of the the things about when we talk about a seminary, um, you know, it's it's meant to be historically a very intentional um, formative time. You're on campus at least half the day. Um, if you're not married and off campus, you're on campus. Almost all the day, um, but you're with the the same classmates. You're taking similar classes. Um, chapel is a center of the day. Um, you're working towards the same things. What? uh from that aspect, the social aspect. You're here with brothers. Um, when you, what would be outside of the classroom? One um, of the the things you've appreciated or enjoyed most about seminary? Um, I don't, I'm don't. i not asking it well, but from the non-academic side.
1: So <clears throat> something actually comes up right away for me, right to my mind as you ask that question, is uh, having these deep theological, personal que- conversations with other guys that are studying to be pastors. Uh, I live in the dorms right now, so there's been nights where I was up just last night, we were up till 2.30 in the morning, having a deep conversation about the ministry and get, having that opportunity to have all these other guys that are just a bunch of future pastor nerds that get to pastor nerd together. Uh, it's, it's a unique setting that I don't know where else you're gonna be able to find something like this.
0: And I think that is um, something as I look back on seminary, uh, I'm blessed now with being at the college and to have Mike and and Peter and Ben and other, um, some of the regular guests on the show is Pastor Borland and others. People can probably guess we're pretty good friends and um, to be able to have some of that now. But I think that is, you know, something you get out to the parish and you end up missing pretty quickly um, is that camaraderie and the discussions you're able to you just can't have the same discussions in bible class that you're able to have here um either of you two anything that stands out outside of the academic side as a uh, as something you've enjoyed about the experience
2: the brotherhood at the seminary i think is just unbelievable to have the conversations to have these guys to talk through things with just uh um we had talked about in the You guys had talked about in the podcast um lecture i guess you might call it uh just some through a podcast you get to listen in on a conversation to actually be able to get involved in one like that uh talk about anything that's going on in people's lives and in our classes just to kind of hash things out uh and then to think that these are guys that are going to be in the ministry with me someday, God willing, that these guys are people who, when I face a problem in my congregation, I can go to them and talk about it. Uh, Something I absolutely love spending time with my wife and my daughter. I I would never trade time with them for anything in the world. But when I get to be on campus at the seminary and just be with the brothers and uh, talk about theological issues praise god and it's just unbelievable
0: and i'm one of the things i'm guessing that still factors in as it would back in the day too is um for the most part you have faculty who are on campus too you know they live here um they're here outside of class hours and i you know i think um most institutions you don't have that i mean my our students might see us outside of class but it's definitely in a different setting or situation you know to to have a professor in class and then to have the professor preaching and then maybe, um, you know, to have a seminary event where you're interacting. Uh, anything you just, have that you would add?
3: Just to follow up, does proximity to Taco Bell play into the experience at all?
0: Does McQuan have a Taco Bell?
3: McQuan's Taco Bell is about
2: ten minutes from the seminary, so okay. unfortunately, we were talking it have uh, much of a when plan we weren't
3: it. recording that it's it's really fancy. You have to wear a tie into it. It's it's not like it's, the it's, it's, Taco it's
4: Bell.
3: right. It, if you know Mequan, that that's fitting. I mean, you can't. This isn't. You know, you don't just walk into this and order a chalupa. I mean, you gotta mm. you gotta dress up and
5: you can't wear your Crocs. No Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I would say the same things. I mean, it it's just. It, the brotherhood, yeah, the friendships that you develop. I think for me, and maybe it's a little different just because I'm older. Um, I'm not. I, I wish I could be around more. Um, I've got four kids, so it's tough to make make it to all the Schwines and Sectionals and, and get-togethers that they have. But it it does just. It, it's something different, and I think often about I how aw, how in awe I am of their maturity level. That I never had at that age and one of the things this maybe is a tangent one of the things that I'm looking into a little bit in my thesis is uh, church bodies and how they recruit pastors and I never realized until I started this that we're unique in some ways that we don't off a lot of church bodies don't often peg young guys um, they rely more often on second career guys and older guys and I just look at at these younger guys, and I, I'm blown away by them. I'm impressed by them, and it's, it's really encouraging.
4: And it helps that you maybe have uh, high schools that funnel uh, students to the college and stuff, and and you can go along not just on your own. I think it, and typically somebody who wants to be a pastor is somebody who tries to go get a degree somewhere, and then maybe they're starting to think about it, and they go to their... You know, advise and be like, maybe I want to do theology, and they're like, okay, um, we have maybe one class on that here Mm -hmm. at the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. You know, Um, but to go through it as a cohort is probably the right term. There uh, has huge advantages.
0: And I'm trying to think back, Mike, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe when we were at seminary, that was something that was often pointed out too as a our maturity, (laughs) right. Of, uh, they mine. still talk about that to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your <laughs> majority.
5: <yeah. laughs> um,
0: maybe uh I don't. We're getting kind of late, and I don't want to keep you guys from things you have going on. But yeah,
3: we we want to make sure that we
0: don't keep them up too late.
3: Uh, we can <laughs> we can go all night. Uh, <laughs> two of them live off campus, so um, I mean, we're uh, w- uh, with
0: families. Uh, and you, you've got a baby at home. It's asleep already, probably. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. And three of my kids are in Michigan and my wife uh, prefers when I'm gone. so um, but maybe just one last thing uh, if you guys have thoughts on um, you know when you when you get out you're gonna find yourself gravitating probably in your own personal study in the ministry to the things you've really enjoyed here. Um, what's your favorite class or the favorite type of class? um that you've taken is you know, is it exegesis, church history, doctrine? What do you find yourself kinda drawn to?
2: Um oh, one thing that I really enjoy is in our study of uh public worship. The unfortunate thing is I I tried to chant one once and it didn't go well. I'm not a very musical guy but <laughs> No don't give up. It's important I, to have that I enjoyed learning about why we worship <laughs> uh, what we're doing in worship. And uh, another area of study is Old Testament, uh, reading God's Word and seeing Christ. God always has Christ in mind, as one of our professors. Did you hear
4: that, Wade?
0: Christ in the Old
4: Testament. In the Old
0: Testament.
2: (laughs) And I always think that was, uh, it's not ironic, but it's fun that I can read God. I can read the Old Testament and think that because I remember in high school thinking, why would anyone read the Old Testament? Jesus isn't there. And then, obviously, Jesus is very much there. Jesus is there present as the angel of the Lord leading his people. Jesus is there in in the truths we see through the Exodus. We see the life of a believer. Jesus is certainly there in the continuation and how God brings his son to the earth.
4: That's excellent. Um, don't give up on chanting. It took me about six years to get the guts yeah. to do it. I used to practice with my wife, who's very musical, and I am, like, really not. And uh, she was not ruthless, but she pointed out that I was not very good <laughs> and uh, worked with me, and I finally got the guts to do it. So and don't I can't give read up.
0: music either, and I was the same way of my wife going over and playing it out for me in a... Um, I used to. I call, found that people actually, once you got used to it, um, and I didn't chant every Sunday. Don't get me wrong. I was the common, surf set, common service settings as they currently are, are not easy to no, chant. No, I, I
4: just did the vespers and matins, but and that's what I did as well. But I, I was the guy who would call up my wife from the office and be like, "I want to sing this hymn, but I don't, I don't know what it sounds yeah. like. Can you <laughs> sing it to yeah. me?" <laughs> so I, she got. So annoyed. we got
0: Old Testament and worship. Uh, two good answers. Um what else?
1: What what are we really enjoying? Um, I've enjoyed the study of evangelisms so far. It's it's only a one credit course, so I that means I take it one only once a week. So it's not like we're diving too deep into evangelism, but uh I spent a summer working for Pastor John Sharp's church in Covington, Georgia and Uh, as a summer ministry assistant that was all he had us hitting the streets every day doing cold calls knocking on doors and just something i i've found a particular interest in so um that i enjoy looking into evangelism the theory behind it and all of that and actually uh, one of your guys episode episodes the uh Couple, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago about missiology.
0: Oh, with Dobler, yeah. That
1: really piqued my interest.
0: Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Pastor Dobler from. I Wisco hope he was, doesn't hear that because now he's, no, he's going to want to come on again. Yeah, Doctor Brown. And that's the whole reason Doctor Brown wanted to be on is, is Dobler's catching up to him. But uh, yeah, he's doing some fun stuff in his doctorate in missiology, and he'd be um, a fun one to talk to on that. He, uh, I know, I've enjoyed. Uh, kind of picking his brain a little and and you get at a point there you know the stuff behind it there is a theology to that and i i think that's good that that's something we're thinking of more in that way is the theology behind it yeah
1: and then on top of that i'm also interested in the interpersonal communication aspect of that uh i think there's a whole world of untapped information we could find with that Mm
0: -hmm. But you don't like the Old Testament is what I'm hearing. I like the Old Testament. I'm just joking.
5: <laughs> and and what we got a favorite or no? Uh I think is this is it a cheap answer? It's not about the class or the topic, it's about the professor. I think that's and all right as so long, the long professors as you're not thinking trouble with the professor. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well I should say nudge, Professor nudge. Trepto tells us that he is the best professor. Nice. Else, so,
0: yeah. And uh listeners to the show will know Peter can put in the show notes, uh whatever episode it was but on being a district president, uh um, professor Treptow was uh, district president for Nebraska and uh, I would go down every summer for Pastors Institute and I always appreciate his work there and now he's not only professor here but the let the bird fly bump uh, <laughs> really pushed him uh, I think it nudged the spirit and um, he's been called, he's president elect he'll be serving as president of the seminary next year so uh, um, President Wendland will still be Teaching, in fact, he'll have more of a teaching load, um, but we'll get a little bit of a respite from all the things that come with a uh, president. And uh, so, so Professor Trepto says he is the best, huh? <laughs> yeah.
3: I'm, you, you you talked about the maturity of the 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 people that you go to school with. I'm very impressed that nobody said lunch or Fayad as their favorite because <laughs> that was always my answer. Recess, yeah, recess, recess so. lunch, Fayad. What's your favorite class? Um, and you guys mature t- If
0: I remember the lunches, they were often what apparently now I know is called a hot dish. I don't know if that's still the case, but
4: <laughs> and the physical education at seminary is actually pretty, pretty intense. We
2: can talk intramural yeah. basketball. There that you can go. <laughs> actually, we just yeah, why uh, didn't somebody pick that? we
4: just uh, were in California in San Diego with uh, uh, John Pless and uh, he had mentioned that our seminary whoops their seminary in basketball quite often, so. It is on the minds of the. We are in the heads of the other of uh, Fort Wayne. Anyway, go ahead. You we we didn't we cut oh, you off. I,
5: I don't know if I have anything else to Just say. Just the professors. That's fine. I don't know.
0: That's a good answer. Um, but we will thank you guys for joining us. I think we hopefully you guys know what to say here at the end. I don't know if we have a volunteer, uh, but you have to close us out. Um, so you're at seminary. You've got four years. Uh, three on campus of enjoying this formative period and, and the life together um, that comes with that. And then you got to go out. Lord knows where you're going, literally. Only the Lord knows. You'll be called wherever. Um, as you study and you, know, you look forward to the future, um, what's really the only thing you
4: can do?
1: You
0: let, let the, bird the bird fly.
4: Every evening when the sun goes down, I get my party and I begin to cry don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk. I'm just a dink. I'll set up another round. I'll set up another round. I'll set up another round. One more round won't get me down.